Hey, this is Luke with LukeHumphreyRunning.com and today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some cooling strategies you can do before workouts and potentially before races. We're going to take a look and see what, what actually works, what might not work. Uh, we've talked at length about things you can do as far as pacing and adjusting your workouts, all that good stuff, but we haven't actually talked about any specific strategies to, to actually cool your body down and hopefully improve performance. So uh, I came across a, I came across an article um, maybe a week or two ago, and it was about it was about this right. It was about uh, cooling, uh, especially because we're you know right we're in the World Championship times, and uh, you know next year will be Olympic year, and so it always comes up. You know it's always in a hot um, area, and it's always going to be something that's talked about. And then you look at for people right now too, you're looking at a lot of people who are getting ready for last chance Boston qualifiers uh, and even into uh, middle of October where, you know, I've run Chicago. I've run it when it was 34 degrees and snowing. I've run it when it was 80 degrees. So that early fall um, weather can really be hit or miss. And, uh, you know, if you're running like a Berlin, you're even sooner into um, September than you usually are. And then last chance Boston qualifiers are going to be, you know, the week of uh, September 12th, 13th, that, that time frame there. So it's still, you know, still technically summer and you're still going to get some pretty warm weather. So, um, so I, wanted to, I wanted to kind of touch on that. What, what can we specifically do that may help our situation? And so I thought about an ice vest because uh, you see them all the time. Um, and, you know, I think I remember back in 2004 when Meb and Dina were, meddling in uh in athens and I, th I think it was right around then when they really first started coming out it's kind of this new new thing that they tried and you know they both ran really well and i think they attributed some of their success to the ice best and now you've seen it you know you saw it in rio you saw it in you know tokyo and all that good stuff so you've seen it all these major competitions now where it's going to be warm and uh you're doing everything you can to just eke a few seconds out right and so um so i really i really want to be looking at that but i think you know you, you can't really wear an ice vest during competition uh it's not practical so you had really had that as for a pre-cooling strategy but um this article i was looking at comes from uh, a publication sports performance bulletin it's a subscription i think it's like 20 bucks a month uh, but it's really good really good articles if you're into that thing you're into the sports science um, and it's definitely something to maybe take a look at um, but they had an article in there that was looking specifically it head cooling and because they were kind of mentioning the ice vest and then but more along the lines of like ingesting cold fluid using a mouth rinse uh methyl uh you know like a peppermint type of thing that has been shown to cool a little bit palm cooling and neck cooling um which are all things that have been looked at uh the viability of them is definitely questionable uh, maybe just needs more research, but uh, the idea if you could if you if you're thinking about the mechanism there, like if you put a cold towel around your neck, right? Like that's not probably going to do a whole lot of cooling of your actual core temperature. Calm, uh, making your palms cold isn't going to bring down your core temperature. So as you can as you can deduce, it's probably more about in terms of just tricking the body right like convincing the body that you're you're being you're cooling and you're not necessarily doing that much work so it's really more of a central nervous system type of thing and so they were saying well 
what about a head cooling or if I'm wearing a hat type of thing where um, you know the cold is right next to the brain, right next to the central nervous system, how well is that going to be um, used? How much, how much of a benefit can that give us, right? And so um, they went back to another thing with people using a spray bottle with a misting fan on it. And that seemed to have a little bit of promise, but obviously you're probably not going to carry a spray fan with you during a marathon, right? It's probably just not going to happen. And so that's what kind of brought up the, the hat issue. And so they looked at a brand specifically. It was called, it's called Iced Cap 2.0, I think at the point of the, the publication. Um, and then I looked on Amazon, you could find something like that, but also Nathan makes one. So Nathan Water Bottles, you know, that, you know that company. Um, they actually make one as well. Very similar, very similar in design, but it's essentially, you know, a running cap with the running material on it, but it has like another layer with a draw cord on it. So you can open this cord up like you would one of those, you know, little, those little backpacks and you put it, you can put in like 300 grams of ice in there. And so, um, and then close the draw cord back up and off you go. Um, and so, like I said, their, their thought process was having it right next to the brain would have a a greater impact on the central nervous system. And so basically what they did was they looked at a group of triathlete, uh, triathletes and they tested them. They did a submax run, um, I believe it was 70% VO2 max. It was a pretty moderate run. They did that for 10 minutes and then they did a 5K time trial afterwards. So it was essentially a warm up and then a 5K time trial. Uh, they did this with a cooling cap, uh, with, with the cooling cap and without the cooling cap. They did it on two different days, right? So they, one day they did the cooling cap, one day they did the um, non-cooling cap. And then they tried to sell it as, to try to avoid bias, uh, they sold it as just more of, is the weight of the hat with full of ice going to affect my performance? They, didn't, they tried not to say, well, we're looking to actually see if the cold is affecting it. I don't know how, how well that went, but in any case, um, what they measured was forehead temperature uh, their times, and then the thermal discomfort uh, was more measured as well. And then they did this test, both these tests, on the treadmill uh, with an ambient temperature of 90 degrees, right? So it was warm, very warm. Um, and honestly, I think at 90 degrees, probably not going to have uh, most races go off with that. It's going to be one of those things. Now, I think uh, with the new system that they have placed, you know, the green flag, yellow flag, red flag, that's probably definitely up. A red flag day, um, but what they found was really probably not a huge surprise. But uh, forehead temperatures were lower throughout the tests um, with the with the cooling cap, right? So no matter it, no matter at what point they measured the cooling cap temperature in the forehead was was lower at all times. Um, times were overall faster when they were wearing the ice cap, and then lastly the thermal discomfort was lower throughout the, the 5K time trial. So, however, I think it's important to notice, note this, is that by the fifth kilometer, the difference was negligible. And so you had the situation where if you look at the graph where at the very start, the temperature, the, the thermal discomfort was significantly lower in the cap wearing group than the non-cap wearing group. And then every increment that they measured that separation got lower and lower and lower so that by the fifth kilometer it was pretty much dead even right they both were i think like a seven or eight thermal discomfort on a scale of zero to ten um with ten being you know very just uncomfortable uh and so i i, I think that's a 
important thing to take with us as we move on with this, right? Like, what does that actually mean? Is it, and that's got me thinking, it's like, is it simply because the runners were coming to the end of a 5K and they're putting themselves in a hurt locker? So no matter what, they're not going to feel very comfortable, right? So is that just a measure of that or is it actually a measure of they're losing the effects of the cooling hat? And so that got me looking into um, the pre-warm-up, which the ice vest, or the pre-run the pre without, with the ice vest. And so uh, the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research has an article and they looked at wearing a cooling vest for 30 minutes during a warm-up and then performing a 10K time trial. So they did not wear the vest after the warm-up. Warm-up warm -up, wearing the vest and then 10K time trial not wearing the vest. So to st statistically, there was no significant uh, difference in performance between the groups, right? So um, what stood out to me was that the heart rate responses were similar um, throughout. It didn't really matter. A core temperature was definitely lower in the vest wearing group before the start of the time trial. Um, and there was minimal by any, if any difference by the end of the 10K of the time trial. So they measured it start to 2K, 2K to 4K, 4K to 6. So they measured every 2K essentially. And by the end of it, it was, you know, they were pretty much uh, um, even on everything. And so, and honestly, the only time the cooling vest group was faster in the 10K time trial was at the very beginning of the 0 to 2K. So the effect really only lasted, you know, 2K. And then it was pretty much even. And I think by the end, it was, some of the group was even slower um, wearing the vest than they were not wearing the vest, right? So there's some, a lot of, a lot of stuff you can take away from that. Um, so looking at those two articles, it became clear to me that from a, a, a practical standpoint, there's not a ton of benefit to these cooling mechanisms for the marathon. The longer the race, the less, less effect you'll see, right? So, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, it, you know, uh, Essentially what I think is like for 5K, yeah, you'll probably see benefit. If you're wearing a vest with no hat, um, you'll probably get benefit for, you know, the first half of the 5K. If you wear a, hat, a vest and then wear the hat during the race, you might be able to sneak that out a little bit longer. But you got to think like, okay, if I'm going to get benefit from this for 30, 40 minutes at tops, and I still have, you know, three hours left to run in the marathon. Is it is it really going to to help me, right? And that's the big question. So um, if it does, it doesn't seem like it's going to be very much. Now, maybe for a workout, maybe it's enough to get you through. Um, you know, again, 90 degrees is very warm. So if you were doing it on a, you know, 80, 85 degree day, maybe you get a little bit longer on there. So there's a lot of nuances there that you might be able to play around with and get something out of it. But Overall, it just doesn't seem like it really does help too much, right? And I was hoping I'd have better news, but I think, I mean, it just seems like you can get an effect, but it's just going to be very short-lived. So um, that's, the, that's the problem with it for the marathon, right? And so I think uh, possibly if you wear the vest before and then you wear the hat during, and then maybe you can fill the hat up with ice periodically throughout the, the run, um, potentially you could have a little bit of benefit. Um, but how practical that's going to be, I don't know. That's, you know, again, you'd have to rely on the race or somebody providing you ice along the way. And, and don't get me wrong, if you are at a race and they're, they're handing out cold towels or little baggies of ice, then, then absolutely I would take them. Even if it's just a placebo effect, I would 100% take them, right? If I, you know, like, uh, 
A lot of times if it's warm, they'll give out the cold sponges, the cold towels. I'd wrap those around my neck. I'd put a, I'd put a sponge under my hat. Um, I do whatever it takes. Like I'd even take a sponge and maybe, you know, put down my short women, put it, put it down your sports bra, whatever. Um, you know, just have something where you kind of get that cold shock. And then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it gives you a little bit more time, right? It helps you out just for a little bit longer. I think at that point, especially if you're trying to get to a certain time, you've, I mean, you've got to pull all the stops. You've got to, you've got to just take whatever is available and hope for the, hope for the best on that. So, you know, unfortunately at the end of the day, it just seems like your best bet is just to get acclimated the best that you can. And then you have a decent idea of what you can tolerate on a warm day uh, and adjust your mindset to compete and not necessarily be focused on a certain time. Uh, the only thing that stinks about this is that a lot of times if you're in that early September marathon, uh, the whole goal is to get that BQ or give yourself a little bit more of a cushion before you register the next, you know, the next week. And so um, I think if that's where you're at, then you have some decisions to make. Like, do you stay in it and push for what you can, or do you pull back and maybe save yourself for another another date? Um, you know, that's a tough call, right? Like, I don't, you know, and honestly, uh, most of the people I coach would probably just opt to, hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna rock it out that day. We're gonna give it everything we have. And we're going to just let the chips fall where they may. And if it works out, it works out. If not, it doesn't necessarily change anything moving forward um, later on, right? Like our fall is still going to look the same. Our buildup in the spring is still going to look the same. It's just going to matter if it's for Boston or not, right? And so um, that's a problem. Like that's, yeah, I, I <laughs> going back to the COVID, not that I really don't want to, <laughs> I am not going to go back to the COVID era, um, but the the covid year where they let boston qualify i think it was a year after like 21 21 22 um they, they didn't start registration until november uh that was actually huge right so you had all the way until november i think or even october to run uh your qualifying time which i oh, that would have been great right but um i don't know why it's in september it's not like you know you couldn't run in october middle of october even run say new york new york is your end date for boston qualifying and you register the second week of November, uh, you still can get all your fall marathons in for the most part. You know, the only one you'd miss out on would be uh, California International, um, which would be right around, I think, you know, end of December is you're about 18 weeks out. So even still, like you could just do uh, either New York or the first weekend of December, have it go till CIM. And then, uh, then, then you would have your most recent times, right? So, because then you can run CIM, but it doesn't count for till, till the year after, right? So that's a little frustrating, but you know that's the rule. That's the rules. That's the way it is. So, um, but anyway, a little extra commentary there for you. But um, that's the that's the game we got to play, um, and that's uh, a little bit unfortunate. But uh, you know, hopefully, you just get some good days. Hopefully, you get just an early morning start. You can be mostly uh, done, and then not have to worry about too much time in the sun and the heat. But um, so again, just, you know, it's unfortunate that you're not going to have a ton of benefit from doing that. So I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I guess you could try it, see in your practice, do it on some long runs and see if it really matters or if it, you think it even helps because, you know, I'm the kind of person who I don't want all that extra stuff when I'm running a race. So if I don't, if I, if it's not really going to work, I'm just not going to take it. Right. And if I'll just take what the race is offering, if they're offering sponges, whatever the case is and, and do what I can with that. But um, as far as carrying a lot of extra stuff, I don't particularly want to want to do that. So in any case, that's what I have for you today. Um, take from it what you will. Hopefully uh, you get some some benefit from this. 
Uh, and lastly, just to, you know, if you if you're not in our run club or you're not a coached athlete, um, please take a, take a quick look at lukehumphreyrunning.com/slash/membership. Lukehumphreyrunning.com/slash/membership. Um, just take a look at we have training plans, run club, coaching, all that good stuff. See what might be a good fit for you, um, and uh, we'd love to help you out further. And uh, so we don't have to be in a situation where we're chasing down times. Uh, at a ball, last chance Boston qualifier. So, uh, so again, just take a look at lukecomfortrunning.com slash membership. And uh, that's it for now. I will talk to you all later. Have a good one.